0: Blue wire The
1: Denver Nuggets select Michael Porter Jr. But I'm gonna make sure that this pick is this organization's best pick they've ever made. Four inside. And it's with a Jokic
0: put it out. Jokic. 23. Nice. and Hello and welcome in to a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride, as always, and man, do we have a podcast for you tonight. And when I say we, I mean Matt Moore of the Action Network, which if you guys aren't following HP Basketball on Twitter, you gotta change that. Um, So the Nuggets had a night tonight. I don't know if anybody realized, but... Jeremy Grant is now on his way to Detroit at his own volition. We will talk more about that when we get into the first segment of this podcast, which is me and Matt really talking about every last thing that existed on this day for the Nuggets. Uh, Denver also is in line to sign Facundo Campazzo, the Argentinian point guard who played for Real Madrid last year. Um, I like the move, but it's still very puzzling. We'll talk more about that later as well. And... The Nuggets signed J. Michael Green, a guy who is essentially the player that Denver desperately grabbed after realizing they had lost Jeremy Grant. This is going to be one of the most important episodes, in my opinion, because the difference of having Jeremy Grant compared to not having Jeremy Grant specifically for the Nuggets is a much bigger deal than it would be for almost any other team in basketball. Denver absolutely requires having a big who can space the floor next to Nikola Jokic and who can also defend at a very high level. I put this out on Twitter, but there are nine total players in basketball who have shot 38% or better from three on t- and on, on at least five attempts per game um, and had at least one steal and one block per 100 possessions. I know that seems kind of high frequency, kind of weird, but basically guys who can defend, who are big enough to be able to protect the rim and can still hit threes. That's an extremely, incredibly rare skill set, which is why there's only nine of them in all of basketball. You just don't find players like Jeremy Grant. They don't exist, and that is... Is the biggest issue Denver is now having to come to terms with. So we got into all of that on this podcast. So definitely make sure you stay around because you're going to hear Matt Moore and I get into every possible little detail that we could think of for tonight. But We're going to take our first quick break first, tell you about Indeed. We're going to have a second ad read later on talking about Bet Online. Also, make sure you go subscribe to American Prodigy, the Freddie Adu documentary, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network as well. But as of right now, we're going to take our first quick break, and then you will have my conversation with Matt Moore of the Action Network on the other side. flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 Welcome back into the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. I am so happy that my insanity tonight from this silly season extravaganza can be shared with a fellow psychopath, Matt Moore of the Action Network. Matt, how is your brain handling this potential 17 deal that is coming down the pipeline and every other chaotic mess that we have dealt with tonight?
1: I mean, the deal is what the deal is, what the deal is uh, pretty minor move except for the pelicans really all things considered mm-hmm. um i'm trying to deal with i'm trying to learn from my mistakes in terms of my approach to the jeremy grant situation mm-hmm. because i went on a limb and was like he's gonna get signed at 601 like i really thought that I said on never radio i said on, on the locked on nuggets podcast like i had every reason to believe it um i would feel worse about it if i had just talked to the nuggets about it yeah but when I asked everybody around the league, everybody said the same thing, which is like, we're not even going after Jeremy Grant. He's going back to Denver. Like, there's no point. Like, we're just going to go by. we're just, he's going back to Denver. That's done. Why? Like an executive was like, why would he leave? Like yeah. what, on what reason other than money? And you can't overpay for a guy like Jeremy Grant. Why would you, why would he leave? And yet, Jeremy Grant's a Detroit Piston.
0: Yes. I, and you tweeted about this. And I, this is something I want to get into. non Max contract players trying to stay in Denver is something that I don't know what else Denver can do. People were trying to kill the nuggets for this in the front office or Tim Connelly, but Denver did everything they could to make Jeremy Grant feel like this is the place that he can grow. He can contend and he can continue to be an important part of a very important team. And yet, despite all of that, despite the nuggets being willing to offer the exact same $20 million a year over three years, Jeremy Grant still chose the Detroit Pistons and their 17 centers instead. I, what can Denver do? Is there anything Denver can do that would persuade these guys to stay? Because everybody is getting, all the Andre Iguodala repercussions feeling that right now from what Denver went through whatever eight years ago that was so what is your perception on that I know you got thoughts
1: so I think the big thing is that if you told me that Jeremy Grant left I would be like okay so he got a 20 million dollar offer if you told me he got a $20 million offer, but the Nuggets matched it, but he left anyway. I'd say, oh, he must have gotten an offer from the Lakers or another super team that was – the Nets was like a super team that was formed where he felt like it was an even better chance for him to win the title than the team he was on. For Jeremy Grant to turn down the exact same money for a team that went to the Western Conference Finals – is baffling um and i mean it shows like this is a very specific instance in that grant wants he feels that he is a bigger deal that he has more to offer and that i think that the playoff run i don't want to say went to his head because he earned it it's just that has sparked in him the idea that he is apparent apparently has sparked the idea in him that he is on that top tier level yeah That because he guarded Kawhi Leonard and LeBron James and Paul George um and Donovan Mitchell and that because he had uh a few really good nights scoring in the playoffs key moments that that is enough to think that like I can be the not the guy maybe but like the second guy or even the third guy and he felt obviously that he wasn't gonna be that in Denver um part of me wonders if he looked at Murray's explosion in the playoffs the role that Jokic plays and the emergence of Michael Porter Jr and went like there's just not gonna be enough shots for me here yeah but even then even then if he was doing this to go somewhere prove how much he's worth for a year and re-enter free agency as a star okay, I think that that's a real bold choice and you're out over your skis, kiddo, but yeah. I get it. But that's not what happened. He signed a three-year deal with the Detroit Pistons. Yes. And so it just goes- oh, by the way, have who, Blake
0: Griffin still, so I'm not sure yeah. what starting role he thinks exists for him right now in Detroit.
1: I mean, he's going to start at the same place he was going to start for the Nuggets at the three spot, though. <sighs> he's he's going to be a three now. And not have Nikola Jokic to
0: help him, put him in the correct positions as a small forward.
1: Now, look, you know, like Blake's an incredible passer. If he's healthy, which he hasn't been three years. Yeah. Like Blake's an incredible passer. So, like, that might work, but even then – you're just back to being the same guy that you were except you're in Detroit now with yes. every
0: big in the world on the roster. Again, I, I don't get this from Jeremy Grant's point of view, but I will always respect people who bet on themselves. Like I get it. I understand that again, he would be the fourth option next year. You're talking Jokic, Murray, Porter, and then Jeremy Grant. And I understand that people on Twitter kept being like, what bigger role could he want? He's going to be the starting four on a team that went to the Western conference finals last year. It's not about defining it like that. It's about defining it much more as uh he wants his touches he wants to present himself as a number one or number two option on a team and see if he can become a Pascal Siakam type player I guess is the general idea I don't think he'll get there but respect to him for going on the limb but let's move forward now because I don't want to get into Jeremy Grant in Detroit because now we have to move on from that what
1: what do do you got to say I mean I, I would tell you that we don't have to move on from that like this is the conversation TJ like there's not like there is there this is the start and end conversation for the next week in Denver everything about their future hinged on this move they gave up a first round pick to acquire jeremy grant with the intention to re-sign him they started him in the playoffs yes he helped them get to the western conference finals they had all of this momentum it's now gone yes like they have ta- they have gone down a tier in the for nba sure. western conference and it's like yeah we got to move on but like Jeremy Grant's decision is the story. For sure and not only that it's the story in terms of
0: denver's potential ceiling in a playoff environment yeah. has been dropped more than jeremy grant could ever add to a team like it was very specific that he added a skill set that you just don't find guys who shoot nearly 40 percent from three defend five positions and play above the rim i just looked up on nba.com players who shot over 38 percent from three and had a block and a steal average over over uh, 100 possessions in a game there was nine players total and jeremy like you don't find guys like that they just don't exist and now denver having to reassess the market to try and moneyball create some players who can make up what he brought to the table it's not possible denver will not be able to replicate what jeremy grant brought to the table this offseason it's out of the question
1: i mean i'm not gonna say that they absolutely won't and the reason is like they had jermichael green if they pivot and you and you say like, okay, we need a replacement level power forward. Jamichael Green's a, a replacement level power forward, um, and Gary Harris last year was basically a replacement level shooting guard with great yes. defense. If you pivot and you get a replacement level power forward, and they swing a deal for a two guard upgrade, Karis LeVert, Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah, one of those guys. Okay. Um, then that constitutes maybe not an upgrade, but at least like even-ish with MPJ's improvement now putting you up into the next, like into like minor improvement versus like what they were going to have with Grant and MPJ's improvement, which was like substantial. Um, If they trade for Aaron Gordon, same kind of deal. Um, And they play him at the three, that kind of negates a little bit of this. There are options. um, I think not many, there are very yeah. poor options, um, but there are options out there available. I'm not going to say Denver can't come away with something because every time we're like, oh, they're screwed, then they tend to pull off something. Yeah. like They were screwed when they were drafting Tyler Lydon um, <laughs> and, it, and it wasn't good, but uh, I, I think there's still opportunity there.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. But at the same time, when if we if we remove the idea of trading Gary Harris or Will Barton and stuff to be able to get a new guy, which again is actually very dangerous in its own right, sending multiple first round picks to like find some stopgap because of this situation is potentially devastating for your future outlook and your flexibility to be able to make moves down the line. So, look, I almost wonder if Denver should just run this as it is and not mortgage a bunch of picks. And again, I'm not saying it's the right decision. This is just just another one that should be on the table. Because if you have to suddenly send two first round picks to get a guy like Aaron Gordon or a Victor Oladipo or whoever you want to include in this deal to be able to help Denver bolster the roster, is that worth it to save from what you just lost with Jeremy Grant?
1: I mean, the question is like, how important is it to you to improve next year?
0: Yeah. Well, th- or how much are you willing to bet on Michael Porter Jr. Improving? Cause there are realistic outcomes in which Denver wins at a similar level without Jeremy Grant, just on internal improvement.
1: But you're not – like, the biggest thing here is the defense. But mm-hmm. like, that's the biggest thing is, yeah. like, is like there is no scenario in which Michael Porter Jr. turns into a good defender next year. Like, even, a, even an average – no matter what his, his tools are, there is no, like – there is no chance that he's even an yes. average defender next season. Or Bobo so it's like, would have to be
0: included in this conversation, too. No chance of him getting to that level.
1: Right. And so it's like, okay, well, if they go into a series next year versus the Clippers again – this is the biggest thing It's just like who's guarding Kawhi because they had an answer they like out of nowhere against all odds we were like who, they got nobody to guard Kawhi and then we found out the regular season we're like you know Jeremy's done a pretty good job on him and then the playoffs he's like Jeremy Grant's like walking <laughs> down Kawhi yeah. like they have a Kawhi stopper nope the Detroit Pistons have a Kawhi stopper.
0: Why is it that Denver gets like one great wing defender every decade and they lose them within eight months of trading for them? It's just mind blowing that this continually happens. But Jeremy Grant, in terms of trying to replace him, I've been looking around at other potential moves Denver could make to bolster their front court. Do you have any ideas? Is there anything that like has sparked your fancy that you've played with? Is that Aaron Gordon? Is that really the name? Is that where we're stuck right now?
1: (laughs) Is that really the name? I mean, I like Aaron Gordon, but, like, again,
0: this is somebody who has not panned out in ways that a lot of people had hoped, and I'm not necessarily there that he's going to be able
1: to fill those shoes yet. I mean, I think here's the thing is if you take Aaron Gordon and you put him in a winning situation and you say, like, hey, man, I understand what you think you are, but we need you to hit threes and play defense. Yeah. That's actually – and, like, pass. Aaron Gordon's a really good passer. Mm -hmm. If you build Aaron Gordon as Matrix 2.0 – he can be really good. It's a good idea. He be great. He's super athletic. He's got good defensive principles. He has he can drive a little bit. He can shoot a little bit. He's improved his three-point shot. But like with the way the Nuggets play, he could be really good. And similarly to
0: Jeremy Grant, he fits the timeline. He's not somebody right. who's massively old or very, right. very young. So that'll help a lot as well. I agree with that. Because um, like
1: I mean, here's the thing, it's just like I don't I, there are no Jeremy Grant comps. It's not that he's not this either. like unicorn player. It's just like you need a, a B-grade stretch four with great athleticism who can shoot. Yeah. Again, those like, players just don't exist. They like, don't exist. Like, it's
0: like prime Serge Ibaka, Jeremy Grant, and what you hope Laurie Markkinen can become. Like, they
1: just don't exist. Even then, Markkinen's too big. Like, I agree. Like, he's too big and too slow. Like, even if he yeah. was, like, to maximize himself, which he's not going to. I like the kid, but it's not going to happen. Like – It's just, it's not there. Like, it's just not there.
0: And the other part of this that sucks for Denver is there were so many moves they could have gotten their hands in on, but the Drew Holiday situation uh, strapped them from being able to get involved in a lot of conversations, and so did this Jeremy Grant conversation. The fact that they lost both of those took away all of their opportunities to pursue guys like Kelly Oubre, who would have been a phenomenal addition at this point now with retrospect, but you didn't expect Jeremy Grant to disappear in the way he did, and that's going to be something that I will never be able to get out of my mind is... Denver had a chance to go pursue quite a few different free agents, but were locked up in bigger deals and really got blindsided by both of
1: them. I mean, I think here's the thing, though, is, again, like, I don't know who like who was on the market that they could have gotten. Like who Drew Holiday was the big one, and of course, then you have Milwaukee come give everything they have to three go get it. Yeah, three picks,
0: but right? and two pick swaps, so five. I'm gonna call it five at this point. Like when you get to that level, and again, Denver was involved in Drew Holiday. I'm pretty sure you heard the same that I did that they were aggressive in trying to get him, but ain't nobody coming. Yeah, as nobody's going to give five picks other than the Bucs who were that desperate to get them. So when that falls apart and you start to transition back to Jeremy Grant and then all of a sudden he chooses to leave to Detroit for the same money that you offered him, you have now lost all your opportunities to pursue guys in trades, all of your opportunity to pursue trades during the draft and all opportunities to pursue free agents on the first day of free agency. So this genuinely screwed Denver's
1: offseason. Is that the way that you view this? At least they took a center and a guard in the NBA draft and then got like a 35-year-old Argentinian wonder. Like, Hey, hey,
0: 29 if I remember correctly, and there will be no Facundo Composo slander on this podcast. The brilliant, 5'11", baby, and he fights on defense. I'm in, all right? I still believe. And you know what? Can we talk about Facundo for a second? I was going to talk a lot more about it before all of this shit blew up. Facundo Campazzo is going to play, is going to be in Denver, and he is going to play alongside Monte Morris. What do you think of this? Because that's everything that, that the Nuggets are saying right now. They believe that they can keep Monte and Facundo together and play them together and have a whole lot of fun on the bench.
1: Uh, we'll see. Um, <laughs> there is, not a, universal, there is a, not a universal agreement amongst basketball people that he is a good transitional fit to the NBA.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, there are some people that are like, oh, it's gonna be great. It'll be great. Like such a smart player, so heady. does, so, does mm-hmm. such good things. He and Jokic gonna tear it up." And then some people that are like, "Where on earth is he going to fit? Who on earth is he going to guard?" Like, yep, it's different. And so, look, i have you know, I'm. Not, I'm not going to stake my position on this. Maybe it works out great. Yeah. I will say that like, if you tell me he's coming off the bench, I'm like, okay, so any, any team with NBA size is going to obliterate you then. like, that's, that's the plan because you have Monte Morris, who is not tall, and you have 5'11", Componzo, and you're really going to put them on the court together alongside I guess <laughs> a rookie backup center
0: or As Paul Mason Millsap is also
1: gone 6-8 and
0: not moving very well at center like yeah I'm with you but the fun it's just the fun factor the bench unit could not score we are could past
1: score. the Fun no factor. we're not
0: no we are not on this team joy is integral to them no. at the best it, no, it was play. until this
1: play no it was until this playoff run and then they learned how fun winning is i guess <laughs> yeah, that's fair
0: that is fair but again like i will never forget back in i believe it was late january early february mason plumlee hurt his ankle the nuggets were forced to play small off the bench and it opened up a whole new ability for this nuggets team to get out and run play a little faster monte morris was finally looking better I have faith that that could look better. We'll see. I, again, I, I understand the point. And also, Denver's other two-way guy they got, Marcus Howard, is also 5'11". So, like, they just got all the smallest guards they can get. <laughs> By the way, Marcus Howard, the most quintessential Tim Connolly pick of all time. Small, defensively inefficient guy who just scores and just shoots and is completely willing to do so. But Just a bucket. So you like Jermichael Green. Let's start talking about Jermichael Green now because you have been a fan of his for a while now, and it it helps to be able to present this in a very positive way because there is a lot of good to bringing Jermichael Green in as a source told me from the Nuggets to put a Band-Aid on the bullet hole, which is essentially what is happening here. What can Jermichael Green bring to the table that is able to replace some of the skills that were lost with Jeremy Grant? Yeah, this is the
1: not <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> uh <laughs> I mean, look, he was a he was a thirty-nine percent shooter this season, forty percent mm-hmm. last year. In Memphis, that was the big gamble. Is when he was in Memphis, and I was like, You guys are gonna resign sign J- Jermichael Green, right? Because he's really good. And they were like, We don't know if he can shoot. I was like, He's like the shooting, it, like the form's good, he's had good stretches. Like, I think he can be a forty percent shooter. And they're like, eh, We don't see it. He's a forty percent shooter, like that's who he is. It's like yeah. He's a 40% shooter as long as he's provided space, which the Nuggets should have with MPJ, Jamal, and Jokic. Um, He's able-bodied defensively. He works hard. He'll get up into guys. He's smart. He pays attention to things. He doesn't get lost. Um, The big problem is just, like, Jeremy Grant was a very big body who didn't often use it to his maximum ability – Jamichael green is not a big body Mm -hmm. who is unable to use it to the degree that he needs to given the position that he plays so like rebounding is a big circle here um anytime the mpj is not on the floor if green's on the floor you're probably going to struggle on the on the rebounding end um you do not want to play him as a backup five that's you have a you have a better floor spacer than i mean i don't know like Is he better than Paul? Paul shot forty. Paul shot forty percent last year from Mm -hmm. three. He's more willing to shoot. That's maybe something. Like here is a big key: is like Jamichael Green is a perfectly serviceable NBA role player. He is a completely like, like, average to good starter for an NBA team. He's fine. He's he's fine. Um, When you talk about a contending championship team you think of Jamichael green more with what he was with the clippers which is like six seven eight yeah so the fact that now he has to essentially be a starter unless they go they may not go this route like they may go to if they let's say they don't make any trades let's say they go with jamal gary will comes back healthy mpj at the four <laughs> and Jokic. what defense right?
0: no one needs defense I mean, Will was a good defender last year, right? Will's not making up for both the struggles of Michael Porter Jr. and the complete not caring at all about the early season basketball, Nikola Jokic.
1: There's no way Will's covering all that up. Or they bring uh, Millsap back. Yes, this is is what I think happens. Or they bring Millsap back, and then Jermichael comes off the bench, and then it's like, okay, you know, Paul started first last year, and we got Jermichael if we need more athleticism, and there you go. I mean, it's basically um, – I- I'll put it this way. If, Jamich- if Jeremy Grant is like a B-level player, Jermichael Green is like a D version of the Bs. <laughs> uh, He's a D-level B player versus yeah. Jeremy Grant's like an A-level B player. Yeah. That's kind of the drop-off that you're seeing, mostly just in terms of like athleticism, ability to run the floor, impact – those kind of like man defense, those kind of things. Like Jamichael's tough; he really is good player. Yeah. Like he's a good player. Yeah. And seven million a year is a good price for him. Two years, they've got ways to figure it out. It's just that like <sighs> they were riding so high off of their momentum. They had just come on. It was like the Nuggets have arrived. They shocked the world. They beat the Clippers. They made the Western Conference Finals. They were right there. And Jeremy Grant decided that he is a number two scoring option.
0: This will be looked back at as a trigger moment for the Nuggets, whether good or yeah. bad. There is no way that you can just continue on your trajectory anymore. Everything has abruptly shifted for Denver. And I don't know if they're going to be able to recoup this in time right now. I don't expect them to. What? I'll, I'll bet you they disagree. What?
1: I bet On, you the, on this
0: being a potential swing moment for them? Mm-hmm. I bet you they disagree.
1: Why? I, I can hear the front office's words like right now. And it's – do we lose Jamal Murray? Yeah. Did we lose Nikola Jokic? Did we lose Michael Porter Jr.? Like, that's who won, who got us into the playoffs. That's who won us the playoff series. But Jeremy was great. He was huge for us. But this is a star league, and we have two legitimate all-stars. Yeah. So – and it's a
0: fair assessment. It is a fair assessment. Um, and also, like, I've already heard from people on the Nuggets who are like, listen, this is bad for us. I'm not going to sit here and pretend it's not. But there is a reality in which his advanced statistics were more indicative of the player he is than he was last year. And
1: that is also on the table. Right. So, I mean, this is the kind of thing. It's just like, um, I think part of it with, with me is, like, the easy route out of this is just like, well, MPJ becomes an all-star next season. Mm-hmm. But it's like you still don't solve the defensive issue. Yep, and you're not you really
0: gonna be able to. So let's look. Okay, let me ask it this way: How does Michael Malone feel right now?
1: Oh, there are tears. There's <laughs> yeah. beer. There's beer. That's there's not tear. There's beer. <laughs> yes. There's yes. beer. Seeing he Mason
0: Plumley go to Detroit was like him losing his son. Like that's gonna be. He's oof. he's
1: sitting in his study, drinking beer. And just like, I mean, yeah, losing Mason also hurts. Yeah, just from a locker room standpoint. Like, it's hard to explain because Nuggets fans only know him as the guy that screwed up versus Anthony Davis, and the guy that would blow, you know, reverse dunks and things like that. <laughs> like, Mason was a pro. Yeah, man. Mason was a pro. He worked every single day. He. Like, you, he never screwed around. He never – like, if Mason played badly, Mason played badly because it wasn't his night. It was not because his heart wasn't in it. Yep,
0: 100%. He was like, one
1: of the classiest guys that ever covered in yep. terms of just, like, pure professionalism every
0: single moment he walked into that arena. And that's something you just don't find. It's a coach's dream. It adds stability to a roster. And – Denver doesn't have much of that right now. Like if Paul Millsap is not back next year, they have lost Mason Plumlee. Jeremy Grant is now going. Where is the veteran sage wisdom going to come from on this team? Like Jamichael Green, I guess is suddenly that guy. Like RJ Hampton and Michael Porter Jr. are in the same locker room, just causing a ruckus at all times. And they're, yes, exactly. That look right there is everything that I have already felt. But How is the the Nuggets' trajectory in terms of their culture is going to be fascinating now because it's on Jamal and nicola This is 100 on their shoulders now. Is that fair to say in your opinion? I mean, it always is because I think, well, yeah, the star player ends up setting the basis of your team. No,
1: you you kind of you kind of brush over that, but like this is a big deal that we've learned and we're seeing it in Houston. Right? Is like the whole collapse in Houston is because Russ got there and was like, "Your culture's terrible." Yeah and that's because of Harden yeah like that's why because Russ does it like I want to stay with with James he's like the culture here is horrible and like James is why Mm -hmm. um and so like I will say this like the guys were young right and so those the young teams are where you you try and instill like cultural values in order to like the coach does more of it but like now like this is where honestly it's on Jamal yeah i agree with that
0: jamal has to step up in a way and become the emotional leader in the heartbeat of this team like which he was he was in the playoffs so yes he and he and even more importantly he did it without will barton there and you know as well as i do that will barton is the emotional heartbeat right now of this team and to see jamal murray pick up that mantle and do it without will in the building was incredibly encouraging for this nuggets team down the line um okay What do you anticipate happening? Well, potentially tonight, but also going ahead the next few days of free agency. Is there anything in your mind that the Nuggets need to prioritize? My thing is backup center. You need a legitimate, actual backup center and you need to get them cheap somehow.
1: Can you go back in time? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: No, there's no time machine. This is not, and this is definitely not. Avengers Endgame. We cannot just use the quantum tunnel and get ourselves back. Unfortunately,
1: Uh, if you're going to talk about backup centers,
0: please say the name. I hope you're going
1: to say. There's a person available who Michael Malone has coached. Yes, yes. Who I think it's extremely dangerous (laughs) and is inviting dynamite into a room full of matches. But DeMarcus Cousins has apparently gotten a lot of calls. Yes.
0: I love this idea. I know it's chaotic. I do I know it's chaotic, but where are you going to get an actual backup center who has the physical ability? Just someone who's like actually 6'11, actually strong enough to bang down low who can fill 12 minutes. Because right now there's not very many of them. Like you're talking about desperately hoping Nerland's Noel will take a minimum. Like there's not good scenarios out there in that regard. Yeah. And the, the center market, for some reason, became the most profitable market in the free agency play, pool right now. And every big in the world is getting paid.
1: Did they use the MLE? On... So they use
0: the MLE to get Michael Green. And okay. the,
1: from what I have heard, the
0: expectation is Composite will fit into the biannual exception. So you're now down to veteran minimum deals, uh, bird rights for your own players, and trades. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's, there's not very many pathways to improving this roster anymore. It's a tough place to be for Denver, and I don't know what they're going to do. That's been my biggest. So thing. bad. Yeah. So bad. Because that was the one thing they were able to hold on to: is we can run it back. We have bird rights on everyone. If we want to, we can make it work. We're but Jeremy, yeah, this is and done. And then Detroit
1: Pistons just started throwing out. They threw like think about this. They threw out eighty-five million dollars for Nuggets front court players who were not starters for most of the <laughs> year
0: last year. Yes, and then drafted a power forward and two centers. Like and I two centers. I have no idea what Detroit is doing. Like I was able to like Devils advocate justify the Mason Plumley signing as a fantastic veteran on a rebuilding team, yeah. but it just kept coming. And it just kept coming and I have absolutely no idea. And for them to then call Jeremy Grant last And be like, we got a role for you. I don't, I want to know what that sales pitch was. I just want to know how it was framed that he would have a bigger role in Detroit. I need to know. I think he just, it's just like, you're our, you're our starting small forward. Good luck.
1: Well, I think it was, you're our starting small forward. (laughs) I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. I mean right now, Rose is still starting a point guard mm-hmm blake will presumably play so i guess like i if you <laughs> i don't know man i don't either this really feels like if jeremy goes and he turns into i don't even know what the comp is Patrick paul george
0: siakam is the one that i keep throwing around yeah
1: siakam or paul george mm-hmm. turns into that player then man more power to him because like <laughs> i like jeremy I do too. He's a great dude on and off the court as a human. I don't, I don't think Jeremy Grant – I want to make this very clear. Like, I don't think Jeremy – Grant. and I don't, you weren't saying this at all. I'm just saying Jeremy Grant didn't do the Nuggets wrong. No. It's called free agency for a reason. He has like he every right decision to go. And he yeah. determined that the Nuggets did not have a big enough role for what yes. he wanted. It's just really shocking to be like, I would rather have a large role On the Detroit Pistons (laughs) than a moderate role, and like a like they they tried. This is part of those, they really did accentuate how much he mattered. Like everyone knew how much he mattered. Yeah. To the Nuggets.
0: And the Nuggets, I know for a fact, made it one-on-one, individualistically known to Jeremy that he is the guy. Like, he was penciled in as their long-term starting power forward only because it was penciled in only because of free agency upcoming this year. They had every intention of making him the guy. They celebrated like wild when they got him last summer. And they just, and, and oh God, I just can't believe this. I'm still truly astounded that this is the decision that Jeremy Grant made. And again, you are right. He is, has every right to make this decision. And I tweeted out before, I completely respect guys who bet on themselves and make their own decision the way that they want to make it when they want to make it. Like Completely okay with this, but I do think Jeremy Grant will, will most likely regret this decision in the long term. He'll be wiping his tears up with $100 bills, but it's still going to hurt for a quite a long time if things don't go well. Because I... I don't know how he can expect his game to
1: develop with that roster. Okay, I have to ask you some questions. Okay, I'm ready. Are the Denver Nuggets better than the Los Angeles Lakers right now? No, no. Are the Denver Nuggets better than the Los Angeles Clippers right now? No. Are the Denver Nuggets better than the Houston Rockets right now? Yes. With Christian Wood? Yes. I will still take Denver in that situation.
0: Yes. Christian Wood? Yes. Dude, that is the most volatile, disastrous locker room right now? No, I know, I know, I know. Like on, paper, like on paper, if we like simulated on 2K, then yeah, Houston wins. But like, okay, I, that's all
1: math. Okay, yeah,
0: that's fair. Um, are they better
1: than Portland right now?
0: That's fascinating because Robert Covington changes everything for Portland. I am truly scared of the Trailblazers now. So I would put them on the same tier
1: right now. Are the Ever Nuggets better than the Dallas Mavericks right now? <laughs> same tier this is very nerve-wracking i had not walked through the western conference like this are the denver nuggets better than the chris paul Devin booker deandre aiden Suns right now
0: i'm gonna say yes because we haven't seen them but there is a very real potential that the Suns are better
1: are the denver nuggets better than the new orleans pelicans who have had their yes, number yes. consistently okay no no we can wipe our hands there we can stop here they are better than new orleans are right the denver now. nuggets better than the utah jazz yes with Derek, I would... with Derek favors Yes, I would say yes. It's not – I mean, I'm not saying it's like this gigantic gap I'll tell you right them. now, There's... if they play a playoff series tomorrow, I'm taking the Jazz. Wow. Because they lost well, Jerry are... Grant, and the Jazz got favors, who is Jokic's kryptonite. I know. I know. But they're still – Again. Okay, go we'll ahead. Let me we'll see how many other Western Conference teams oh, I can God. find. Like – <laughs> think about that like think about those. like denver could we be a seventh seed night here like we went to if you asked me if you asked me this morning who's the second best team in the western conference i've been denver nuggets no question mm-hmm. me too like like how close to the clippers like they're close but they're behind them yeah if you told me that they the clippers lost montrez harrell and Jamichael green i'd be like oh denver's, denver's better way better yeah but this is how much jeremy grant mattered this like it's <sighs> It's hard to say it's a disaster because a disaster is losing Kevin Durant. A disaster is losing James Harden. A disaster yeah. is losing like if I was going to say when uh, if, <laughs> if, if if Jamal Murray were to walk in 4 years. Like that would be a disaster for Denver.
0: Let's just say it's very good that 2023 pick that Denver sent out for RJ Hampton is lotto protected for three straight years after it is supposed to convey. So Denver might be a seventh seed next year. That's not out of the question anymore. That is,
1: you know, they're gonna. This is what drives me crazy. They're gonna (laughs) overperform. They're gonna overperform. I'm gonna have to be like, it should be worse, but they're the same, but they're not better. But they're equal?
0: So what's the best case scenario? Let's just play this hypothetical game while we're here. Is the best yeah. case scenario Michael Porter Jr. takes a leap, which everybody is obviously hopeful for. Is the next step Bol Bol becomes an actual rotation player? Is that almost required for the best case scenario? so
1: much to ask. I know um, it is.
0: But again, like we're talking about how can you get back to that level. I
1: honestly think a better – I think Nashi might be the better path Right there. now, Yeah. Just because it's just like he'll just do the basic stuff. I agree.
0: I don't and, know. If, and if you take what Tim said, he's hitting threes and defending on the perimeter very, very well. So if that's true, that's huge. But again, he's sure. a rookie. He's sure. a rookie. God, this is bad. So man, I don't even, I don't know what Denver can do. I'm trying to think of this best case scenario and I don't know what it is anymore.
1: The problem, I think, specifically is that the way that their team is built, there aren't ready-made available options. They, they're not a perimeter – they're not a perimeter-oriented – like, the <laughs> – I think the Blazers are a good example of this. Like, they're going to lose Assam Whiteside. So, they're like, mm, we're just going to go get Eden Kanter, who is fine for us.
0: Yeah.
1: It doesn't matter who plays center because we have our wings. Like, we got Robert Covington next to two star guards. But the Nuggets are built around Jokic and Murray. And so the pieces in the middle really matter because Jokic is a playmaker mm-hmm. and Murray is a point guard that's more dynamic. And so it's like, and also like they had just, they had built the whole, the whole team was was moving towards athleticism built around Jokic. Yeah. Like Murray, Jokic, and athleticism in between. Yeah. And Jeremy Grant fills a very specific gap yeah, because you can find guys that are athletic, but you can't find athletic guys that can shoot. Yep. And you can find guys that can shoot, but you can't find guys that are athletic and can defend. Yeah. Like the defense, athleticism and shooting that Jeremy Grant provided was a exceptional set of skills that you were just not going to be able to replace very easy. It's not that he is like skill-wise a spectacular player. It's that he specifically contains the attributes that were perfect for Denver. Yes. And now he plays for the Detroit <laughs> Pistons. No matter how many times I say it or hear it, it doesn't make sense to me. Still. Just, there are so many teams I could have seen doing it. Like, I mean, look, I heard Detroit noise a while back. Yeah, But the key here is that like, for two, more than that, for three weeks I've heard Detroit's tearing it down. Mm-hmm. Like they, they are willing to take on any bad contract if you give them a pick, which I was like, great. About That's exactly Thompson, what Detroit yeah. needs to do. And instead, they gave $85 million to the backup front court of the Denver Nuggets.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, good luck, Troy Weaver. I hope you have a job in a couple years. Uh, Hopefully this works out. Hey, if there's one thing I will say is that I I do trust Tim Connolly. Tim Connolly has shown that he can figure these things out on the fly when they need
1: to. And he's not going to – they're not going to freak out either.
0: No, no, they won't panic
1: because they also
0: know that their best basketball is still two years, three years away anyway.
1: Well, I don't think that. I think it's more of just like we have Joker and we have Jamal. And we have MPJ and we still have – like we have a good backup point guard. We still have Gary Harris and Will Barton. Like – Yeah. Our starting five is still really, really good and better than most teams. But I I agree with you in that. This is how I thought of it, too, is that, like, they're just basically knocked down into the muck in the Western Conference. Yep.
0: Yep, they are no longer of those four teams that are just locks, like dead set locks. And now, like you said before, they don't have the wings. They have six guards, if you include Will Barton as a guard on the roster right now. And not having wings is going to be problematic for them. <laughs> like, like, that's not going to be easy. I assume Tory Craig is coming back now. Um, there's nothing confirmed. I haven't sourced any of that. But it would make sense that you lost your main wing defender in Jeremy Grant, that you would bring back Tory Craig to kind of fill that gap for cheap. And I wonder if Kata bates job will be back his contract guarantees on the 23rd, so we'll have to wait and see if that happens. But those are looking like they're options at the wing behind Michael Porter Jr., which is thin, 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 thin and that's going to be a problem as well. Um, anything else you wanted to say? We've rambled about quite a bit of stuff here. I don't, I don't know if I skipped over anything important that you didn't bring up yet. Thank you. The Detroit... <laughs> By the way, there's one person I feel bad for in all this. It's PJ Dozier. The dude finally signed a full NBA contract, was in line to actually play minutes, and then they were like, nah, we're going to get a guard for some reason and free agency, and he's just basically out of the rotation now. Um, so I don't see a whole lot of role for RJ Hampton or for PJ Dozier. That's just not going to happen this year. What? You want to wager? wager? Yeah. I mean, Adam
1: screwed up. I'm here to not screw up. So what is the wager? Mr. Moore of the Action Network. Let me let me think about it. Let me th- let me think about the, the terms I want to put on this deal. But I'll just say that like, look, I was wrong about Jokic, so clearly my <laughs> scouting of national players is not incredible.
0: Oh, this is a bet about Composo. I'm probably going to take it regardless, just because I absolutely adore this guy.
1: Yeah, I just think PJ Dozier is going to be more important than than Composo. Yeah.
0: Um. Okay, think about how you want to frame the bet. I'll be here waiting because I need some money in my pocket. I'm ready to have some more. I could use some more whiskey because I'm going to need it for this offseason.
1: Uh, I, I have a name for you to consider in your research. Okay. Juan Carlos Navarro. I like Carlos Navarro. Mm-hmm. So do the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Uh, La Bamba was like a huge star and a major get for Memphis. It mm-hmm. was a big deal. Yeah, he was gone in a year. Mm-hmm milos teodosich which is very similar
0: i get the idea also neither of them shot like compasso can that's important Mm,
1: were were they also um too short to ride space mountain
0: (laughs) yes yes they were (laughs) too short to ride space mountain that's the metaphor that popped into your brain out of nowhere (laughs) matt your brain is becoming exactly where mine is at, and clearly where Wojas was at about two hours ago as he continually tried to figure out how to tweet these things out. So, But I don't got anything else to say. I'm just ready to make some money off whatever wager comes. But you just let me know, Matt. Um, again, anything else you wanted to say? Any thoughts on the draft picks?
1: Good. Woo! Probably should have gotten a wing now. <laughs> Probably <laughs> Probably should have gotten a wing.
0: Maybe Tim Connolly shouldn't have gone best player available like he was so adamant about. Maybe it would have been a little better to draft for a need. But hey, Desmond Bain was just sitting there. They needed a wing today. Listen, Desmond Bain was just sitting there. A 40% three-point shooter who defends three positions and is the most coachable dude on earth. And I don't know why he went all the way to 30. But hey, that's just me because I absolutely love Desmond Bain. But Matt Moore... Please plug everything that you go do. to the
1: actionnetwork.com. Go to actionnetwork.com. Check out my stuff. That's it.
0: It's a lot of fun. Matt does way too much work nowadays. And also the Locked on Nuggets podcast, which he is on too much as well. Uh, Matt, thank you for taking time at 1 a.m. to talk about hoops with me and figure out this silly season of the NBA. I hope you're doing well.
1: Hope you're doing well too, man. Hang in there. Bye.
0: every single day head to bet online today and take full advantage of the great signup bonuses and don't forget to use promo code bluewire at betonline.ag that's bluewire all one word bet online your online sportsbook experts Thank you all again for sticking around, for listening to this long-ass podcast, and for taking the time to kind of catch up on the Denver Nuggets with me. I know it's been a crazy, crazy, crazy long day, and that it's been difficult to digest all of the news that's been coming in because so much of it has been so complex. But I promise I'm going to keep doing the best I can to outline this so everybody can understand, so everybody can be in on what is happening with this Denver Nuggets team. Also, I'm sorry to people who sent questions in. Because of how long I went with Matt Moore, and because of all of the other things that happened for free agency tonight, I had to not answer those questions to be able to get this podcast out as quickly as I could. So I'm sorry I will get to those questions in a later podcast. I will not abandon them. So I'm sorry that they're not on this one, but there will be more coming later on. There will be another podcast coming out on Sunday night if there's not any other news for the Nuggets, of course. But Sunday night for Monday morning will probably be the next podcast. I might do another emergency podcast if there's another big deal like this that happens for the nuggets but that's the temporary uh plan right now for the rocky mountain hoops podcast is you're going to get your typical monday wednesday friday shows with emergency podcasts in between to fill in whatever other gaps may exist but thank you guys so much for supporting the show thank you so much to indeed and to bet online for supporting the show um and thank you to blue wire for giving me a platform to talk about all these things it's incredible amounts of fun for me to talk hoops like this especially people as smart as matt more of the action network so make sure you go check him out and that's really all i got thank you guys so much for sticking around and listening to this podcast and having a good time with me please keep wearing a mask and we will talk to you guys later